are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to another Thursday edition of Locked On NBA. I am Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked On Rockets. He is Matt Moore, senior NBA writer at the Action Network and co-host of Locked On Nuggets. And Matt, are you vaccinated? I am. I'm, I'm very willing to tell you because I'm not ashamed of it. Nor do I think it's that big of a deal because I understand what HIPAA is. Yes, Jackson, I'm vaccinated because I don't want anybody else to die. There we go. We're 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 just diving in like head just head first today. I'm also vaccinated. I've been vaccinated since February. Um, you know who doesn't have to be vaccinated? NBA players. After all the precautions, all the safety measures, everything that the NBA tried to put in place with the bubble, you know, first, first the bubble restarting the season there. And then this past season with all the contact tracing and the having players quarantine and sit out and all of this. And for some reason, after all of this, all this kerfluffle, all this drama, NBA players don't have to be vaccinated. It's peculiar, isn't it, Matt? So look, I'll I'll say this. Um, If you're somebody that's not vaccinated, I don't care. I, I genuinely don't care. I care about the people in my life being vaccinated, getting my kids vaccinated. Those are the things that I care about. I really genuinely don't care what you do in terms of the vaccination. I care what you do otherwise if you're at risk and are at risk of spreading it more. That's a whole other conversation. My issue here with the NBA players is very precise. It's that there was reports that came out that the trainers are all going to have to be vaccinated. And any staff that interacts with the players is going to have to be vaccinated. And the referees are going to have to be vaccinated. So let me get this straight. Everybody that makes less money is going to have to be vaccinated. But the players, and oh yes, don't think I've forgotten, the owners are not going to have to be vaccinated. I'm going to bet I would not be surprised, Jackson, if there was a coach's mandate. I wouldn't. I would not be surprised if the coaches union worked out a deal where they too are vaccinated. It's going to be everybody in the arena except the owners and the players. And my problem with this is, look, there is data that says that you can still spread it if you are vaccinated. However, there's also data that says that the odds of that are significantly lower in part because you're not expressing symptoms. If you sneeze or cough and you're and you're vaccinated, there's still a lower chance of you spreading it than others, which means we're going to lower the breakthrough cases, like all of these things. I'm a strong believer in the idea of the social contract, and the players are just basically like, now nah, I don't want to. And beyond all this, look, I don't want to put words. It's, beca- it's because they heard about what happened in Nicki Minaj's cousin. Okay, <laughs> like they, 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 can't, they can't risk it. And uh, look, I mean... About 85% of players are vaccinated. Yeah. The, like ESPN's got that number. About 85% of players are vaccinated. So we're talking about 15% of the player population not being vaccinated. And apparently there's going to be certain protocols in place, like having your locker far away from other vaccinated teammates, having to eat, fly, and ride buses in different sections. Basically, protocols you know, aren't quite final. But the fact that they're even having to consider taking like these steps to basically say, oh, well, you you don't want to get vaccinated. So we're just going to cater to you and and let you kind of do your own thing. And we'll pay for extra travel and, you know, different room and board for you specifically because you don't want it. Like, just get the vaccination. Not only that, members of the Knicks, Nets and Golden State Warriors will have to be vaccinated because of these state laws. 
So there's that. So I don't know which, I mean, we, we don't have like a running tally of which players are currently not vaccinated versus actually being vaccinated. Are there any out there that are being super like vocal about this on social media that you've seen, Matt? Not in recent days. Kent Bazemore and Dwight Howard are two that come to mind of two guys on the same team that made, made it very apparent. The other, the interesting one is Wiggins, obviously with the mandates, he's going to have to, um, but we'll see exactly what, how that shakes out in San Francisco and what happens there. Um, you know, I think this is all kind of being figured out. I get it if you're like, what what business is this of yours? I I under like I that argument tracks with me. You know, I, well, I, look, hang on. I'm sorry. I just, I just thought of this. Yeah. Like, think about like college athletes and just yeah. going to college in general. You have to get the meningitis vaccine. That's been yeah. a thing for how long? Like, I don't know. I mean, I remember stepping right. foot on my first college campus. Is like, hey, are you vaccinated? I'm like, what? Sure. Like, go get the meningitis vaccine. I'm like, okay, I want to go to class. I'll do it. Like, well, yeah. like what? So, I mean, like, how different is this? Like, I mean, getting vaccines has been a thing for God knows how long. And suddenly we're acting like it's this crazy thing because of COVID. And, and you know, it's just. The the less political side of this, though, if we, if we want to focus in on the NBA, the interesting dynamic here is about, as always, it seems in recent years, is about it's about player power. It's that Adam Silver walked into the room in 2011 during the lockout and played bag cop and was partially responsible for flipping the BRI percentage towards the owners. Like that was the whole thing was that silver played bad cop in those negotiations and Stern was playing good cop. And now fast forward and silver has definitely embraced being player first player centric player proponent and I think all of that is generally good. Like I think promoting athlete interests is good and promoting player mental health. I think the, nobody's going to deny all these things. But what's interesting is that the players union of all the things for them to flex chose this one. Now it is in line. I'll say this with the general approach of the players union, which is that the league and its teams have no say over players bodies this is like a very big deal from a philosophical standpoint with the players union in that there's such a thing as what's called a biological passport which is what checks for it's used in cycling in order to check for changes in the body that would suggest the use of illicit substances for illegal competitive advantage essentially testing for steroids and growth hormone the players union has like made it clear, like that's a no go. Uh, uh, no, the, the teams have tried installing trackers and all of the, they, the teams want more control over the bodies because they view the players bodies as part of their investment. Like they have to be able to play in order to, to compete for the whole thing to work. But the players understandably don't view themselves as assets. They view themselves as people with like a human body and health concerns that they want control over. We're all sensitive about health privacy. I don't know anybody that's, well, maybe me. I'm like the only person that's like, nah, you can know the whole thing. It's bad. Like my entire family history is bad. That's about <laughs> all I can tell you. But in general, we're pretty protective. I just think that the players, I, I believe that the players union failed in this instance to make a clear enough distinction and to grasp what they were capable of in this instance of how much they could help. And particularly in light of what happened to Carl Anthony towns to not step up and be like, no, like Carl Anthony towns is one of us and he lost his mom and he got sick and he's been through hell. And so we know this is going to help him. We're all together 
in moving forward. But instead, it became, honestly, this is less about a political statement from the players as it is a power structure move against the owners. If you want to look at it from a basketball perspective, that's really what I think this is about. A lot to take away there. And ultimately, you know, I mean, what, what can we say other than, you know, we're going to see how the situation, you know, develops and see if there are any changes that are made down the line to, you know, alleviate the situation. But I would hope that, you know, a lot of the players kind of get to a point. Yes. What? So go ahead. I was going to say, or, or, or do what the NFL did and just make it to where they're financially liable for any and all penalties. Should they cause an outbreak that causes a cancellation or postponement that will straighten this up right quick. The easiest way to go around is go always, always, always. If you go for the money, go for the money, right? Everybody's extremely money motivated. So, I mean, Hey, that's a, that's a, that's a, you know, interesting solution. So we'll see what direction the NBA decides to take this, but coming up, we're going to dive into NBA stock market, Southeast division. Matt, can I get a cacaw? <laughs> we're going to get there in just a moment after a quick message from our friends over at direct TV, because look, does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game. You've got another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, scrolling through Twitter, and then you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the other good stuff that you're missing out on. Let me tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally, finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And continuing on here at Locked On NBA Thursday, he is Matt Moore. You can follow on Twitter at HP Basketball. I am Jackson Gatlin. You can follow me at JT Gatlin. Matt, are you ready to dive into the Southeastern Division? I'm very excited to do this one. I, I'm working on win total information uh, for Action Network for my big previews. So I, I just got done doing this division. And I have a lot of information in my head that I'm ready to talk about. It's going to be good. All right. Well, we're starting Hawks. Um, I guess we'll, t- we'll, t- we'll talk about them a little bit before we decide whether we're buying, selling, shorting, or holding. How's that? Let's do it. All right. So ultimately, the Hawks, um, they kind of just focused on, you know, keeping their core in place, right? I mean, they they re-upped with John Collins, bringing back Lou Williams, Solomon Hill, re-upped with Nate McMillan, uh, who took over uh, midway through last season, right? Trey, Trey Young get his, his extension and basically just double doubling down on the core that surprisingly made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, kind of, you know, shocked a lot of people there. So ultimately, just kind of, you know, doubling down on this current lineup that they have and ultimately... Um, I like the direction that they're going. They did the, uh, what is it? The Clint Capella extension as well, right? Added two more years onto his deal. Um, So they're really just investing in this young core, kind of a trio, I guess, of Trey, Collins, and is Capella the third in that tree? He's got to be the third in that trio. Bogdanovich, I would say. That's fair. I think it's it's actually a foursome. I think it's a foursome with young Collins. We love a good foursome, Matt. Uh, Capella and Bogdanovich. Uh, I I think that's really like the core of it, right? Because like they committed serious assets to both to get both Capella and Bogdanovich. And then after a lot of back and forth last year, where Collins is fascinating to me because he had tension with Trey Young early on in the season. Like there was 
public disputes of like Collins being annoyed with Trey Young's play style. Um, the Hawks shopped him a pretty aggressively in the weeks leading up to the deadline and then found that there wasn't an offer and then it was quiet the week of the deadline. But the Celtics and the Mavericks did more than kick tires on John Collins. Like that was something that was in at least discussions that were at maybe second level uh, of possible trade talks. Like the Hawks were seriously, I think, questioning whether or not they wanted to commit the money to keep him. They make this big run and then Collins gets a huge contract and resigns to stay with the Hawks. So like that kind of shows you, I think the playoff run fundamentally changed a lot about the chemistry of this team, about the alignment of this team and the direction. Winning of cures all. Yeah, for sure. With that said, does, I mean, is there, is there a possible future, right? Where you're looking at the Hawks and a little bit of concern there, especially with maybe some of the history between Collins and the organization and, and that friction that did exist there. I think it's mostly uh, my concern. I think for this season is more about the defense, I think, because it topped out at 15th, even after McMillan took over. Well, I, what so, I was going to ultimately, what I was going to ultimately say was just that, like, is there concern there of, okay, maybe if they regress or play a little bit below expectations of the season, that suddenly that chemistry, that happy, happy, go lucky, good feeling, Hey, we made it to the Eastern conference finals. Is that suddenly gone? Does the friction return? Right? Like, again, if the winning isn't present, yeah. are those concerns warranted? Yeah. I mean, I think this is kind of true of, it depends on what you think of Trey young. That's, that's really kind of what it comes down to because I think if you're playing a, alongside a heliocentric player, whether it's James Harden, Luka Doncic, or Trey Young, if you're playing with those guys and you're not winning and you're a veteran and you're like, so let me get this straight. I'm not getting touches. I'm not getting shots. We're all just wingmen to this dude. I'm having to play defense to cover for him and we're losing. Like that's when the conversation becomes more difficult is like those kind of situations. But I also think that part of it was like, I think young trusted his teammates a lot more in the playoffs. He was always great at passing. He's a marvelous passer, but I think that there's something that's, that goes beyond just the assists where he really tapped into something in terms of being the leader of the team and being somebody that they, that they were, they wanted to go into playoff games with. And I think that that changed. I think that that bonding experience is going to carry through. What's your, uh, uh, let me ask you this. If you're positive on them, how how positive are you on them? I'm not as positive as the uh, Vegas win totals prediction. Ooh, um, okay. It's got it, it, the Vegas line on them is uh, 47.5. You can find I'm a four six and a half in the market, but yeah, okay. I'm not I'm not there unfortunately, which is why I think I'm just going to hold the Hawks for now. Okay. Uh, I am buying all of the Hawk stock. Like I am, Ooh, okay. I am tracking down people that have shares and trying to negotiate backroom deals for them. I'm offering my watch to get more Hawk stock. Um, according to mangameslost.com, Hawks had the fourth most gains lost due to injuries last season and the fourth most win shares lost to injury. And they still wound up with a fifth seed and they still wound up in the Eastern Conference Finals. They lost DeAndre Hunter for 49 games, and he was an extremely important part of that roster. Um, he's likely to be back in the beginning parts of the season, if not for training camp, and that I think is going to help a lot. Um, they lost Onyeka Okongwu, but they replaced him with Gorgie Jang, which he should be able to get him through until Okongwu is able to come back. Um, and the little additions that they made, so... For example, what you want is like you want a bench unit that can probably keep up offensively. And they added DeLon Wright and Sharif Cooper, who looked fantastic in summer league. They are set, I think, at backup point guard. 
Like they are good there and they have enough weapons with Daniel Gallinari and Lou Williams. Like they're going to score points on that second unit, no matter what to where I think this is going to be again, like a top 10 offense. I think this team is going to win. I like this team to win 50 plus games. I like this team to win the division. I like this team a lot. I don't think they're going to make the Eastern conference finals again, but I do think that they're going to make, I do think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to get a top four seed. And I think they're going to win 50 plus games. I am buying hammering, Give me all the Hawk stock. I'm in. I love it, which is interesting. You think they're going to win the division, which brings us to our very next team, the Miami Heat, coming up in just a moment. But first, a message from our friends over at Built Bar. Look, if you've never had a protein bar that you've actually enjoyed, you've got to check out Built Bar. They've got so many amazing flavors that you can sift through. you got raspberry, strawberry. That's your favorite, Matt, right? I love myself a strawberry Built Bar. It's great. Double chocolate, uh, coconut, coconut brownie chunk, my personal favorite. Can't go wrong with a single bar on their menu. Every single bar is going to be low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great if you're on a keto diet. Great if you're trying to lose weight. Sometimes I just grab a couple bars when I'm headed out the door in the morning, running late for work, whatever, that kind of thing, right? They're they're great. Go check them out. Visit built.com. And don't forget to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your very next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. We're also brought to you today by Bet Online, which is back and better than ever as all eyes are on the gridiron. Teams are back to start another football season. I had a rough weekend in betting last weekend, but I'm feeling like this is going to be a turnaround weekend. I'm very, I'm, I'm back, ready to go back in with Bet Online. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new and updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100 or promo code LOCKEDON. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back on Locked On NBA. And final segment here at Locked On NBA Thursday, continuing with our NBA stock market Southeastern Division breakdown, where we are diving into South Beach next, the Miami Heat, which based on how high you were on the Hawks, Matt, and the fact that you've got them winning the division, I'm really interested to see where you've got the Miami Heat pegged because they're a team. Look, I know that we clowned the Lakers about being a historically old team. If the Lakers are historically old, the Miami Heat are historically old and busted. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm a little worried. This is where my concern stems from, right? Is like, let's look at Jimmy Butler. Games played last like handful of seasons, right? Wow. Hasn't cracked 60 games the last handful of seasons. And the Miami Heat just committed how much money to him? Four years, $138 million. I, I don't think Jimmy Butler's knees are getting any younger. Um, Kyle Lowry's having himself a renaissance, sure, but he's 35. Yep. <laughs> like, how like how many more, like, really productive all-star level seasons do you think you can get out of him? Victor Oladipo is running around on one knee. Um, P.J. Tucker, a bit long in the tooth, uh, you know, didn't shoot the ball super well during his run with the Milwaukee Bucks. There's a lot of concerns here. I'm selling yeah. heat. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm selling them too. Um, it's funny because I feel like I should be able to talk myself into the to buying this team. Where it's just like, look, man, they got Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler. And that's 
just a really great combination and that should be able to carry through. It's like, it's Jimmy and Kyle and, and Max Struess, <laughs> the goat and, Max Struess. <laughs> yeah. Max Struess and bam. Right. And bam's good. I, I just, for whatever reason, I cannot get there with this team. Uh, some of it's the age Lowry. If you really paid attention was just not quite the same guy the last two years. Like it was, he was still mostly the same guys two years ago, but then last year you were, you could really see moments where you're like, he's just not the same dude. Still really good. Still Kyle Lowry, not the same kind of guy. Uh, when teams were kicking the tires on Jimmy Butler for various trades back in any of his previous stops, when he wore out his welcome, um, one of the things that came up was it wasn't so much the attitude. It was look, he's a guy that played heavy minutes for Tibbs and the history of those guys is really poor after they turn 30, that there is this real decline because they put such intense miles on them over the course of those seasons. It's every game in the regular season, full tilt, heavy minutes, long minutes, playing to the bone, every game playing in fourth quarters, then going to the playoffs. So there's like a lot of miles. Now Butler's in great shape and the heat prioritize that kind of stuff. So I think that there's a good chance that he's able to avoid it, but he has had some, I think concerns there. So that's one of the issues. Um, offensively, I do kind of still have some worries. Teams started to figure out last season a little bit how to contain Duncan Robinson. They figured out some of the ways to make him a little uncomfortable. And I wonder if that's going to carry over. I don't want to like absolutely like we, we, on our list of options, we have short and I'm not shorting the heat. I don't think that they're going to face plant and miss the playoffs. I just don't think they're going to be quite as good as hyped. I'm open to being wrong because it is Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler. But I look at this team and I go, you know, I don't know that they fixed a lot of the things that were missing last year. The core of the team that went to the finals really was dependent on Jay Crowder and a little bit of Andre Iguodala. Like they got contributions from guys and Goran Dragic, who isn't there anymore. Lowry makes up for a lot of Dragic for sure, but I just feel like they're a little Tyler short. Hero playing out of his mind too. Yeah. Then Tyler Hero playing out of his mind. So I'm with you. I, I think we should sell. Okay. Um, that said, that that said, there's there's could be some reason for some optimism there. Tyler Harrow in, in potentially like you know a sixth man role. Maybe he has a bit bit of a bounce back season yep. when healthy. That is a meat grinder of a team to go up against, like legitimately. So I, I I don't know. I'm I'm right there though. I'm still I'm still firm on selling, but similar reasons to you. Just again the the idea that we're not selling them completely, but just as per expectations, right? We're gonna we're gonna drop them a little bit. Which let's go into our next team from there. Wizards? Yeah, Wizards. There we go. I had to I questioned myself for a split second. This is, um, division where this is the division where everyone forgets what teams are in it. This is like the this is like the division where everyone goes like, oh yeah. I, I really want like a division map where I can just look at it and be like geographically, yeah, these divisions suck in the NBA. Like none of them make sense. Um but anyways, let's go Wizards next. Who I mean they've kind of you know shaken things up a little bit. Obviously, Russell Westbrook departing. Um they snuck into the play-in tournament with that little, you know, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, uh, dynamic backcourt duo that was kind of highly billed. Not, I mean, I. What do you make of the Wizards, Matt? Because I'm kind of on the fence with all their different acquisitions, and I'm leaning by honestly compared, like compared to expectations, I'm leaning buying Wizards. I think 
if we're talking in very, we, we, we're trying to gear this around very general terms and not just the win total. I will say that like, I'm going to be a buyer on their win total. I'm going to bet their win total because it's way too low. Uh, it's just, it's, it, I was very surprised when I saw that they're at 33 and a half. Like that's a low number for a team that really wants to actually make the playoffs. I, I'm holding on the wizards because I, it, it's Beal, Rui Hachimura, Denny Avija, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, KCP. Like, it's a bunch of guys that if you scattered everybody on this team to various teams throughout the league, you're going to be like, oh, he'll make them better. Like, Kuzma genuinely was really good last year, which is why it was surprising that Frank Vogel just banished him into the ether, which the fact that he got then traded kind of probably indicates he had a falling out with uh, someone, someone in the Lakers organization that runs everywhere. Crown. The, we well, either that or, you know, <laughs> it might be rich. Lots of people have money. You know how it goes. So I just look at this team and I go, it's a bunch of pretty good dudes in Beal. And Beal has not shown that he's willing to play defense if he's doing this offensive load. So I just think they're going to be back in the same spot. I think they're going to be competing for a play-in spot. I think they're going to be pretty mediocre. I think they're going to have little stretches where they look okay and stretches where they look awful. But, I don't but do, wanna... you not, do you not think with with some of these additions that some of that offensive burden will be lifted off of Beal, which is you know some of what we saw this past season where he had to go, right, the, the 40-plus performances, the insane outings, just to kind of keep them afloat at times in these games. But, like, again, you're looking at Kuzma, KCP, Corey Kispert, if he pans out right as a shooter, like, I mean, but think of it, all those guys are low usage users that are basically their tips of the spear. It's one guy initiates the offense and handles the ball and distributes to those guys. And those guys make plays. You're not going to give Kuzma or KCP the ball and be like, go get us a bucket, right? Like you're going to want to run an offense geared around Beal. If anything, the loss of Westbrook means he's going to have more possessions this season. Like, I think probably taking Beal for some of them, like the scoring leader is probably a pretty good idea. But then there's the, also the fact that, look, everyone in the NBA is still like, no, 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 yeah, Beal said he doesn't want to be traded. For now, that's how everyone in the NBA is. Everyone's waiting for that shoe to drop. So without knowing where Beal's going to be, I got a hold on the Wizards. Okay, you're holding. I'm buying. I think they're going to be at least a little bit more cohesive especially mm -hmm. offensively this season i'm going with that that's gonna be my my word choice there's cohesive um so let's go to our very next team uh the next team that we did not remember played in this division the charlotte hornets <laughs> uh the lamello ball show um they got worse i'll just go ahead and beat you to it they got a lot worse they lost Devonte graham they added young players which is great like they i think they did I think they did made really good. It, moves. It, it depends on how high you are on Book Knight and Kai Jones, right? Like, I mean, but like, and also, I guess, how high you are on Devontae Graham? Are you suddenly a Devontae Graham, Graham stan? Like, I've always been a Devontae Graham stan, Jackson, but for a very long time. Um, here's a big one is do you know who had the best net rating on this team last year? Cody Zeller. No kidding. Uh, LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward, when they had to play with Bismack Biombo, got outscored by 12.8 points per 100 possessions. When they played with anyone who was not Bismack Biombo, that pairing went to 4.7. They brought in Mason Plumley, which is a pretty good replacement, but I have to tell you, 
based on the metrics and the skill set, I think Zeller's a little better. So I still think they slide. And when I'm telling you that, boy, they're going to miss Cody Zeller, we're in a dark place, Jackson. So I think I look at this team and I just can't really identify any way that they got better because rookies typically don't help you win immediately. I, I'm buying long-term Hornet stock after what I saw from LaMelo. I want to buy long-term Hornet stock because I think they'll swap Hayward for some sort of really good addition. But in the short term, I'm going to sell on the Hornets. I kind of want to short them. Okay. I think I'm going to short. I, I think I'm going to short the Hornets. I think you make some good, you make some solid points there. I, I do think that I'm, I think the Hornets killed it in the draft. I think they had the second best draft besides the Rockets. Like when you look at who they brought in with Book Knight, Kai Jones, JT Thor, they did a really, really solid job overall. Um, big fan of what they're doing there. But for the plus minus number that I did not know for Cody Seller, which is I think hilarious. Um, I I will I'm inclined to go that route. So I'm gonna I'm gonna short them for now. We'll we'll see how this pans out with the Hornets. And that brings us to our final team, the Orlando Magic. I remember the Magic played in this division. Good I didn't job. even have to look at my chart on that one. Nice proud job. of me. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, glad glad Orlando know, Magic. I'm glad you know that the Orlando, Florida Magic are in the Southeast. Your, your, your sixth grade geography teachers must be very proud of you at this moment. Just, just, be, just beaming right now. <laughs> so proud of him. All right. Magic have a lot of point guards. <laughs> They have a lot of guards, and I thought the Rockets were going to be in hell trying to balance the ridiculous guard show that they have over there. And then John Wall, my saving grace, came out and said, nah, don't worry about it. I'm just going to sit. I'm out. Um, and uh, But we look at the Orlando Magic. They've got Jalen Suggs, uh, Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, Michael Carter-Williams, RJ Hampton, uh, Gary Harris, <laughs> Uh, Terrence Ross. I mean, I guess they're going to like run some of those guys at the wings, but they did well in the draft. Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, great, solid picks. I like those. I like Jalen Suggs, but not, at, not when he's sharing minutes with 800 other dwarves. Who do you in... think they're start? Who do you think they're starting? What do you think they're starting? Like not, we don't, we don't do the full starting line. Who do you think they're starting one, two, and three are? They've got to start Jalen. Like Jalen's starting. Do you think? He almost has to, right? I don't know. I don't know. He's like, a he's such a quality, like lead guard type can like I would but, be. But like it's I mean, look, I don't know if Markel's gonna be back or not. Right? Like the injury situation, we don't know where his where he's at. Okay. If Markel is ready for camp, if he's ready to go from the start, it's Markel. I, let's go ahead and say Suggs. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Gary Harris. I wouldn't just because like, bear in mind, Harris makes 18 million a year and you're trying to move him in a deal. So you want you to showcase start, him a little bit. Yeah. You want to start like Suggs coming off the bench doesn't do anything. It's also going to be tough when Harris destroys him in camp because he's a veteran to not start. Like this has been a problem for a lot of teams is it's hard to start rookies. If there's a guy at his position that is, is a veteran, that is good, that is clearly above him. Like Suggs is going to be a better player than Gary Harris. Don't get me wrong. I think I love Suggs, but like as a rookie, you're just not going to be able to match up physically or all these other things. So that gets tough. So I think those two, and I think Ross plays three. So I think it's, I think basically it's, I think it's Markel Fultz. Any number of guys. Pending ACL. 
yeah, any number of guys at two, and then, uh, and then Ross at three. You know, like they they do have a lot of guys. They just got that. so they'll just, they'll just have R.J. Hampton. What like third in the depth chart? Then <laughs> like yeah, that's what's tough. Like, Anthony, I really mean, good. Like it's they're gonna have to figure this out. It's gonna be tough for them, I think. To I, I genuinely think they're gonna run. They're gonna run some three guard sets. Like I think Gary yeah. Harris has a chance to like start, but start at like the three. That's kind of where I was going with that question. Oof. Is like I know, and then you think like how like what a nightmare that'd be defensively for for that lineup. Yeah. Um. But ultimately, like, how else do you balance having that many guards and like trying to squeeze in quality rotation minutes for all of them? You know, I don't know. That, that that's kind of a nightmare. Um, John Isaac, what, what's your what's your what's your determination? Selling them. I'm shorting. I wa- uh, I thought about shorting them, but I, I think I'm just going to sell them. I have this team. I'm going to be betting this team for the worst record in the league. I am. I, I have done a, a run through of guesstimations on win totals, and will tell you that right now I have them at thirteen. That's such a brutal. I remember you brought this up in one of our other shows. That's such a brutal win total. How do you come yeah. to? How do you come to thirteen wins? Because I think that the way that the league is going to basically work out is we're going to have a very narrow at the top with the Lakers and the Jazz and the Nets and maybe the Bucks winning between 55 and 62 games. And then I think we're going to have a pretty big chunk of uh, high 40s to plus 500, a dip from 42 down to like 36-ish, a big chunk in the 30s. And then I think we're going to have like, if you do this, the way that the, like if you kind of look at it, those losses have to go somewhere. And just like we have a high, a very small number of elite teams, Small number of really crappy We're going to have a small number of truly horrible teams with record-wise. I also, here's the big thing with with the Magic. There is no question they're tanking. There's no, like, there's no way that this team, I mean, I I will give it up for Locked On Magic, who made the argument for the over and feel very confident at 25 wins for this Orlando Magic team. Um, Great episode on it. You should go listen to it. I listened to it. I, I was not convinced. But I listened to it. Look, the biggest problem is just Jonathan Isaac can't stay healthy. Mo Bamba is basically a non-existent at this point. They got rid of everybody. Terrence Ross is probably next, and they're going to be tanking for half the season. And they have a really brutal schedule. Like the league was, the league does this. Do you know where, their strength of schedule off the top of your head? Uh, they have uh, the most back-to-backs, I believe they have the toughest strength of schedule, according to rest adjusted rates of positive residual. They have the second least rest advantage games. They have the most back-to-backs. They have the second most miles to travel behind Miami among all of the Eastern conference teams. They play the heat and the Hawks four times and they start with 22 of their first 37 games before new year's on the road, 22 on the road, 15 at home. By the time that their schedule balances out and gets easy, they'll be tanking. This team is going to lose a ton of games. I, I'm not saying that I'm not, I can't buy them on the long term either because I just don't know what this is going to look like. I don't, I don't know that Suggs is going to be a superstar. But for me, I, I think this, this team identifies pretty easily for me. And the win total backs us up as the worst team in the league. All right. Well, there we have it. That brings us to the end of Get our... excited Magic fans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, okay, who ha- who has it worse right now? Well, 
Never mind. I was gonna say who has it. I was gonna say who has it worse between Magic fans and Kings fans. But then I was like, I feel like Kings fans just get demoralized because like yeah. it's, but it's for different reasons. It's just tough. Yeah. Like no, like the Magic fans are still gonna be like, we have Jalen Suggs, we have R.J. Hampton, like we have like we're gonna get another good pick. Maybe Wagner's better than he was in summer league. Like there's reasons for optimism with the Kings. It's like. Hey, maybe Luke Walton will be so bad he gets fired, and then maybe De'Aaron Fox's trade request inevitably gets us a good player. That's that's where we're at. Yeah, and the the Orlando Magic fans can uh, tout the Holmgren and Benchero flags and, and all that good stuff. So that'll be fun for them. Um, with that, that's going to do it. Matt, anything else before we wrap this one up? You can't, you can't call. You could call it at the end of last episode, last week, so that we would know that we're going into South. Yeah, this is talk. my, that's my oh. final call until we start the season, probably. So I had to get one more in. I have to get. As, okay, as many fine, calls. fine. You've got your final call. Which, which, which stock market breakdown are we doing next week? Are we doing Atlantic or Central Division? Uh, when you do the Central Division, the Atlantic has to be the last because it's at the very end of the country. You see. All right. Well, hey, you're, it looks like your middle school geography uh, teacher would be <laughs> proud of you as well. So with that, that's going to do it for today's episode. We appreciate you tuning in. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to follow and subscribe to the brand new Locked on NBA YouTube channel. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, be it Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. As always, I have been Jackson Gatlin. You can follow me on Twitter at JT Gatlin. He is Matt Moore. You can follow him on Twitter at HP Basketball and check out all of his work over at the Action Network. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening. We look forward to having you back right here at Locked on NBA Thursday.